Well, g'day everybody, and welcome back to the extras. Good to be here with you. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. I'm Jack. And I'm Naomi. Four of us here uh, squeezed into our little room today. Keeping warm. Yeah, yeah. nice and cozy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's blowing a gale outside. It's uh, Tuesday lunchtime and it is freezing yeah. here, but uh, we've got lots of questions to think about today and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of squish in together and warm up as we do so. Um, Mike and Jack, you guys uh, took us through Genesis chapter 17 on uh, Sunday. Thank you for your work among us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good, we were thinking all about the, 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 the topic of circumcision. Mm. Happy topic. And uh, but you could, uh, maybe Jack, can you give us a bit of a recap as to where we were in, um, in God's Word on the weekend? Yeah, so Genesis chapter 17 is it's all about God's covenant with Abram, or Abraham as he becomes known after this passage. So we see God's promises, what he's going to do for Abraham and his descendants and the, the people who are going to come from him. And you see the response that God calls Abraham to. One, of, you know, one part of that is circumcision. Yeah, fun and games. That's how Abraham is to keep the covenant uh, that God originally cut. And Abram needs to make a cut himself in order to make the cut to be one of God's people. You did have a number of uh, good little uh, circumcision puns going there. Look, I tried to behave myself, Sam, but yeah, to be honest. Uh, anyway, that was good. I've had a few people say it was memorable, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, you know. yeah my, my, my highlight was uh, God makes Abraham's name longer, but makes his... Yeah, lengthens and yeah. yeah, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. <laughs> so many. Uh, so yeah. many. So yeah, many. So little time. Yeah, good. We've got a bunch of questions uh, here today. Naomi, do you want to uh, throw, throw a few of these questions at these guys? Yeah, I hope they've got some wisdom. Yeah. Uh, there is a difference in translation in verse 17, in, sorry, chapter 17, verse 19, uh, between a couple of the translations. The NIV has God's answer as yes, but, but the CSV says it's no. So which is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Always tricky when you have differences in translation. I might just read the verses just to help. So this is just after Abraham kind of can't believe that Sarah is really going to have a child. And Abraham says to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And then verse 19, which is the verse in question, Then God said, Yes, or no, or something. <laughs> but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. So that word, it's a, it's a funny Hebrew word. It's neither of the normal words for yes or no. But it, when you look at the other places this word is used, it seems to have more of a negative tone. It's, it's kind of like a, it's like a however or a rather. So it's like Abraham saying, yeah, you know, go with Ishmael. Like, please bless him. And God says, rather, Isaac. You know, it's, it's more of a no. And I think the NIV puts a yes in there. Probably because it is a little bit ambiguous, but also because, you know, you go on and see what God says about Ishmael, and God says, yeah, I am going to bless Ishmael. So it seems like they're going for a yes, but still that negative tone, but they're just trying to read the whole paragraph and, and include the context as well, I think. Does so, that help? Yeah, that's great. So then what is the story with Ishmael? Because God explicitly rules him out as a child of blessing, and yet he's circumcised, which is a sign of blessing. So is he blessed or not? Um, would he be saved or not? That's a really, really good question um, because it feels a little bit like <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> um, so Ishmael definitely is not the child uh, through whom the blessings are going to flow. That's Isaac. God says that very, very clearly in verse 19. Um, and yet 
God, I think very graciously, continues to look after Ishmael, just like he did in chapter 16. And he still receives kind of covenant blessings. Uh, He's still going to become fruitful and multiply. He's going to be the father of 12 princes. Um, He will be a great nation himself. But it's of a different kind of nature or category to what's going to happen with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet the parallels are so close, you know, the 12 kind of tribes versus the 12 princes, uh, the name, uh, the great nation. There's so many parallels that he kind of feels like, a, I don't know, a little bit of a false start or a little bit of a pseudo-Isaac, and yet there's a difference. So he's not the child, and yet he's still going to be blessed. I think this is, uh, yeah, it's all right, and, and it's a... Uh... It's part of what God says, you know, all of the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through Abraham. And we start to see the people who are connected with Abraham do get blessed. Mm. And there's, there's both kind of similarities, but there's differences as mm. well. So Ishmael, yeah, he's blessed in all these kind of material ways. And you kind of see it throughout the Bible later on, like all these other nations, like the Edomites and the Moabites who come from Abraham's family. They're not Israelites. I was just reading Deuteronomy chapter 1 this week, and that talks about how, yeah, like, God gave the Edomites their land, and he gave the Moabites their land, and God, like, looks after and blesses these other nations too in these kind of physical ways, I think because they're connected with Abraham, the man of blessing. But there is also this massive, important distinction. They're not the people of the promise. So, with the sign that God makes of the covenant, um, it's all about circumcision. Um, So, we might start with that. Um... Why is the sign circumcision? Yeah, good question. Why not something else? Why, not, why don't we pierce their ears, shave off an eyebrow, I don't know, something, do something that includes a woman? Yeah, you can see the logic of that, can't you? Look, I don't think God explicitly explicitly explains why it's circumcision. Mm. Um, and so my argument is from context. Um, and the immediate context, two things. One... Um, the blessing, the covenant, uh, has a lot to do with offspring and descendant. And um, so it kind of makes sense that, yes, the penis is involved in that. And so for the sign to take place on that part of the body, you can kind of see a connection. Um, I also think there's a little bit of a contextual argument from chapter 16, where Abraham has just um, used his penis uh, inappropriately in terms of trying to get the blessings of the descendant through Hagar. Um, and so I wonder if God's kind of uh, kind of saying, hey, uh, remember what happened last chapter? I don't want that to happen again, buddy. Um, and so maybe the sign in the, in the, in the penis there. Um, but it, it's a little bit of guesswork. You got any other guesses, Jack? I think part of the issue is also... An issue to do with our kind of individualistic lens looking at the world versus the more corporate lens that the biblical cultures tended to have. Like, and we kind of sit there and think, oh, like, surely if God's going to give his people a sign, you know, every single person in the people should have that sign. And and everyone should be able to see it. Exactly. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, we'll get to that a bit later. But yeah, and so, you know, we kind of look at that and say, oh, only men get the sign. Like, that, that seems to be a bit of a problem in our kind of culture. But in the biblical world, the, the way that God sets up his people is that it's very family-based. And, you know, in God's wisdom, the man is set up as the head of the family. So him as the, the head, he's the one who wears the, the covenant sign, I guess, kind of like on behalf of his family. I think that's part of the idea as well. Hmm. So following on from that, I mean, some, some cultures practice female circumcision. Um, 
Let me start with you, Naomi. Does, does the Bible encourage that, and what does God think about it? Uh, I can't think of any place in the Bible that I've seen anything encouraging uh, that kind of act. I think if we look at the cultures that we see it in, it's very much done uh, in order to oppress women and it's done to uh, limit their ability to enjoy a sexual relationship, which we see very clearly from Genesis that God thinks is a good thing. So in the way that we are see, we see it practised, um, I can't see how God would consider that to be a good thing. So is there a difference there? I'm not a big expert on circumcision. So is there a difference in terms of... Um female circumcision affects the enjoyment of the sexual act compared to male circumcision that doesn't necessarily? Is that right? Yeah, there's definitely a difference there in the way that they go about it. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it can cause pain or it can limit the ability to even perform it at all, depending on how they perform it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, nothing else to add, really. I think, from what I know of female circumcision it's an awful thing it's a brutal act god wants us to have nothing to do with that and he would condemn it it's just yeah it's a horror it's one of the curses of the fall in this world that god's gonna come and judge i think yeah okay yeah thanks guys um maybe what else we got here in terms of questions there's a couple of questions that are looking at the idea of um what is our christian sign now so some say it's baptism um as a sign of the covenant, some people think it's love from John chapter 13. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on if there's a sign now? Yeah, so I take it the fulfillment of circumcision in the Old Testament is actually the circumcision of the heart in the new covenant. Um, that's kind of Colossians 2 language. Um, so that's the kind of the shadow reality or the, 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 the physical versus the spiritual reality. Um, but is there a sign, a physical sign of that new covenant circumcision of the heart? And I don't think the New Testament draws the connections as closely as, say, Genesis 17. You know, the covenant sign is this circumcision for Abraham. I don't think the New Testament says the cover, the new covenant sign is this. But people are writing their questions. Um, is it love? Jesus says in John 13, By this all men will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now that's not covenant language. Uh, it's not even sign language. But it is a, a distinctive marker of the Christian that everyone should know they're a Christian by the way they love. So it could be love, but, Jack, it could be other things. I think, yeah, I think... In the end, the New Testament doesn't make it super explicit. Yeah, that sign word, I can't think of a place that appears. Like baptism, one of the places people look to to make that argument from the scriptures is in Colossians chapter 2. So Colossians 2 verses 11 and 12 say, In him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So that is that kind of circumcision of the heart idea you were pointing out Mike that there yep. is you know it's not a hand circumcision this is a spiritual thing and then verse 12 says having been buried with him in baptism in which you were raised with him through your faith in the working of God you raised him from the dead so there is a connection there between circumcision and baptism mm. I don't think it's as clear as well they used to circumcise people now we baptize people like the verse doesn't say that yep. it says there is some analogy between those who are circumcised in the heart and those who have been baptised into Christ. But what that connection is, I don't think this verse really makes explicit. So it's hard to draw any strong conclusions from this verse, I think. It could kind of go one way or the other, really. So love, 
baptism. I guess the other one that's worth mentioning is, is the Lord's Supper. Yeah, so, and maybe that's the place where it does get more explicit. So Luke chapter 22, when Jesus is going through the Last Supper with his disciples, he takes the cup and says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, mm. which is poured out for you. So that's a really strong point where you see this physical act connected with the covenant. So I think, if anything, Lord's Supper probably is the, the place where we see this, this physical sign that accompanies the new covenant that Jesus has brought about. Awesome. So we've had lots of talk around the idea of circumcision and the signs that we have now. Just jumping back to the very beginning of the passage, thinking about the idea of God making the, being the one who made the covenant with Abraham, there's just a question here with the wording of verses 1 and 2. So that says that when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. So the language here seems to imply that there's a conditional or a contingent part to this um, covenant upon Abraham's obedience. Um, So is there then some sort of idea of salvation by works here? Yeah, really good question. Really important one, I think. One that I've wrestled with a lot in the last week, actually. I think purely on just the grammar of those verses, there is this conditional thing going on. God says, walk before me, be blameless, then I will make my covenant with you. So that's that's just what the words say. Abram has to do something, and then God is going to do something. The first question I have is, what exactly is God going to do there in verse 2? So the NIV says, then I will make my covenant between me and you. And that is pretty literally what the words in the original language say. But it is a pretty weird word for make a covenant there. So the normal Hebrew word for when you make a covenant is the word cut, which I think, Mike, you talked about a bit from the sounds of it. Yeah, because that's the word in Genesis 15, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And that kind of makes sense of, you know, in chapter 15 we saw there's that ceremony where they cut up the animals. That might have something to do with it. We do it in English as well. We say, oh, you know, let's cut a deal or something. Like, that's the normal way you talk about making a covenant. But it's a different word here in chapter 17. And it seems to be similar to the, the word that gets used later on. So somewhere else in this chapter, I can't see it right now, God talks about establishing his covenant. Sometimes it gets translated confirming his covenant. So I think what's happening here is it's not God saying, you've got to obey Abram, and then I'm going to enter this new covenant relationship with you. He's saying, you've got to obey, and I'm going to establish and confirm and like keep going with the covenant. Which I think also makes sense of, where we are in the context as well. Like, God's already made the covenant with Abraham. That mm. happens back in chapter 15. So mm. it's not a new covenant here. It's God saying, you've got to do something almost because I'm in this covenant with you. And I think that's really important as we keep chugging through Genesis, um, that this covenant is restated several times with additions. And uh, I think the best way to understand the covenants is to keep reading them within the context. Mm. And uh, it's pretty important that it all begins in Genesis 12 and even Genesis 15, where it is completely all of God. Completely all of God. Completely all of grace. He just plucks Abram out of nowhere. Um, and yet, to keep the covenant, yeah, God um, wants us uh, to come to the party, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how that's expressed is expressed slightly differently as we see the covenant um, continue to be restated and, and uh, developed. Um but ultimately, it's God's covenant, um, and it says, I think it's 12 times uh, in this chapter, this is my covenant, my covenant, my covenant, God says. And uh, also about 12 times, God says, I will, I will, I will. Yeah. So there's a real emphasis on, on this is God's covenant, God's going to do it. 
but Abraham does have to come to the party. Yeah, and that's important for us. I mean, I think it's similar in the New Covenant. It's all by God's grace. God mm. sent Jesus for us, not because we deserve it, because He is good. It's, you know, it doesn't depend on us at all. We're saved not by our works, but by faith in the Lord Jesus. And yeah, the New Testament tells us as well, faith without deeds is dead. The, the, the faith that saves is, you know, we're saved by faith alone, but saving faith is never alone. We're called to respond and obey and grow in the obedience that God has saved us into. And I think what, what Abraham is called to is something similar. Fantastic, guys. Thanks for taking us through those. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap up there on the questions, but it'd be good to just quickly look ahead uh, mm-hmm. in the week to come where traveling into the lands of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, happy journey in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least it's, well, I mean, it's cold here. It's plenty warm in, in, in Sodom. <laughs> Sodom. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Look, if you thought was, uh, Genesis 17 was kind of M-rated, I guess uh, 18 and 19 are uh, MA. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's hard work. Um, there's, um, there's a lot of discomfort that these chapters will bring. And yet... I believe there's a lot of comfort. And so we're going to see uh, the nature of God more clearly. Uh, we're going to see, a, a, I think, a contrast between Abram and Lot, uh, which is going to help us in terms of how we relate to God and the way that we relate to the world as well. Yeah, I think big picture we're going to see that God is just. And that's really something we all want. We don't want sin, gross evil, to go unpunished. God mm. will judge sin. And as good as that is it's also bad news for us but there's good news here as well god is the one who snatches sinners from the fire those who don't deserve it those who keep looking back but those like us who i get that stuffed without that god is going to save people fantastic all right so we'll look forward to that on sunday um thanks for your work in answering the questions we'll see you guys uh on sunday at church keep your questions rolling in they're great for us as we keep wrestling with god's word together yes please See you then. See you next week. See you later.